0: to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is Diane Wingert. She is a therapist, a psychotherapist turned coach. And I love that because I myself have visited a therapist in the past and then had a life coach and the movement that I had from the life coach was five times faster than the therapist so I love that she is doing this she has the podcast the driven woman podcast which I also love. And somehow we found each other on social media and neither of us can remember how, but I invited her to be a guest because what stood out to me is her specialty is ADHD. And I have self-diagnosed myself with that. I often say, if that were a common diagnosis when I was a kid, I would most likely be highly medicated. Um, but I also shared with Diane that I think it's my best superpower. so I kind of embrace it. So welcome, Diane, thank you for being here. I'm so excited to have this chat with you.
1: Well, I've been looking forward to this, Elaine. And as a matter of fact, when you first said, introduced yourself online and told me about your podcast and what you do and said, you know, I don't know if you realize this, but most people in the hair business have ADHD. And I thought for two seconds and I said, of course they do that mm-hmm. makes so much sense on so many levels which i'm sure we'll get into
0: 100% because we we really need to be able to think on the fly to adjust constantly sometimes we are the reason that our schedule is behind. A lot of times, a client is the reason that we are behind, and we need to improvise and make shifts and adjustments. And if we're super structured and follow, you know, uh, a very tight. Um, routine, it, it it can scare people away from the industry for sure. You can't be too wrapped up in the rigidity totally. of <laughs> well, there's a schedule
1: at all. Well, there's obviously other reasons too. Like for example, uh, women with ADHD were the girls in school who didn't necessarily do poorly, but they oftentimes didn't find school that interesting or meaningful or relevant. It was like, why am I here? And what's the point? They'd much rather be doodling on their notepad instead of listening to the teacher drone on about history or science or something. So they were oftentimes the smartest girls in the room, but they weren't interested enough to do well. And sometimes teachers say, well, I don't really think your daughter's college material, she might do better with trade school. But She'll be the one who's over at her girlfriend's house every Friday afternoon with a stream of other friends coming in, getting their makeovers. And she's literally doing what she loves best, not getting paid for it and thinks, I must well get paid for this. It's, it makes so much sense.
0: That is so awesome that you said that you just told my whole entire life story. My, my journey in hair started in fifth grade. I was in a girlfriend's bedroom with another girlfriend she was sharing that she was ready for a change and she wanted a haircut. And her mom at the time was in the hospital. So I, I definitely think that had something to do with it. She was kind of acting out a little bit and wanted to do something shocking. So she said, Cut my hair. And I'm trying to remember fifth grade, I think is like maybe 11. 11. Yeah. Something like that. So I look over at the desk and there's a pair of household scissors. And I always, you know, had big balls. I was like, I'll cut your hair. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, how hard can it be? And I just started picking up hair and cutting it. And it looked good. Like it actually looked good. And we went to basketball that night. She got compliment after compliment on her hair. And that was it. Like there was never a question what I was going to do for a living. And I'm so happy that you said that about the intelligence versus, you know, it wasn't that I was not capable in Mm -hmm. school. I I went to 12 years of Catholic school. And the nuns were so frustrated by me mm. because they wanted me to be, you know, the highest on the SATs and the the yeah. top of my class and everything. And I would have it, algebra, true story, freshman year algebra, 99, first quarter, second quarter, 69, third quarter, 99, fourth quarter, 72. So do it you was know like, how
1: common this is for really? ADHD? Oh my goodness. Really? Here's the thing. Like. Most people, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use some terms and I'm going to clarify the terms. Like Most people, like what I call the other 90%, they're what we call neurotypical. That means their brain works in the typical way. The world, including school, government, and most corporations are set up by and for neurotypicals. It's linear, it's logical, it's you do one thing at a time. And those of us who are creative, out of the box thinkers, people who learn by doing rather than reading and taking notes, there really isn't a great place for us to fit in all that. For example, if you've got a a math problem, and you with an ADHD brain, a neurodivergent brain, you can just come to the answer almost intuitively. Well, if you can't show your work, you don't get credit. So for those of us who have a neurodivergent brain, an ADHD brain, we arrive at solutions differently, and we're not afraid to try something we haven't done before. Case in point, your 11-year-old self using the household shears thinking, well, how hard can it be? A neurotypical person would think, I don't know how to do that. I don't have the right tools. What if we get in trouble? And you're thinking, well, You know, I always say I was, and that's what we call impulsivity, but the flip side of impulsivity is creativity and willingness to take risks.
0: I love that explanation because it definitely, the reason I started the uh, introduction saying that I feel like it's been a gift and a superpower is I don't overthink things. I say, I want to do this and I do it during Mm -hmm. the beginning of the pandemic, I teach at hair shows and I am able to get on stage and get up in front of a bunch of people and I love it. Mm -hmm. So I was so looking forward to this big show in Chicago. And of course that was the first thing to go was the in-person events. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can sit home and feel sorry for myself, or I can take a training on virtual trainings and I can learn how to do this virtually and I can throw my own damn hair show. And I did, and it was great. You know, people loved it. It was well-received and now I'm going to do it again. And then once I did that, and that became a lot easier than I thought it would be. Now I have this other thing that I shared with you before we started, where it feels like such a big, huge undertaking, but I think the way that you just put it with the other 90% of people, the mm-hmm. way that they think, I keep thinking, why you have isn't to do it their else way. doing that? Well, not their way, but mm. I'm like, why isn't anybody else doing this? Everyone mm. knows that this is a problem. So why do I feel like I'm the only one stepping up to solve it? And it feels so mm. heavy and so huge where I think it's a matter of like, just getting started instead of what, wow, 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 it's so broken, it's so broken. I'm like, let's freaking do something. Let's yes, let's rally. And. Let's, yeah. Yes. And yes okay, but and. let's talk,
1: let's talk about this part because whether it's like doing, you know, a full head of highlights on somebody for the first time, right? Highlights, little lights, that'd be scary. And you get halfway into it and you realize, wait a minute, I don't really remember this part. What's very typical for people with ADHD is uh, we either procrastinate because of our perfectionism to the point where we can't start and we just overcomplicate things to the point where it's like nothing happened. So there's the not starting problem. Then there's the getting, we talked a little bit about this in the pre-chat, we get 70 to 90% of the way into something and we lose interest, or we just can't see the rest of the road. So (laughs) hand raise. (laughs) So we walk away or just allow ourselves to keep getting getting pulled away by something. I'm going to get back to that right after this, or I got to take care of this. And then, but at that 70 to 90% of the way mark, we just somehow never make it all the way to the end. Um, Those are the two typical problems, either not starting or not finishing. And I say, one of the things I see with the women that work with me is that they oftentimes uh, say, I have a lot of regrets because of all the things I just jumped into impulsively, not seeing it as a positive the way you and I do, or they go to the other extreme and they procrastinate and they're a perfectionist and they overthink things to the point where they can't take any action at all. And the thing that's so paradoxical about ADD, ADHD, they're both the same thing, um, is that they're both part of the spectrum of this type of brain. You either don't think and you just jump in, which is great for innovation, all innovation comes from that impulse, if you think about it. Every new idea, anything that's ever been done for the first time by anyone has been done because they had a creative spark and impulse to act on it without thinking it through too much. Otherwise, the more you think it through, the more self-doubt enters in. But you can also think things through so excessively and then keep coming up with new thoughts and new doubts and new, you know... Uh, other things you need to research and find out that you just wear yourself out or completely lose interest. And both are ADD. And you've probably seen both in people in your industry. I'm sure you have.
0: When you just said about the getting 70% in and, and overthinking, I've watched people that I've trained beside me in the salon, you know, they're, picking up their groove and they're going through the hair and I'm like oh my gosh you're doing so great and I walk away and I leave them and as soon as I walk away mm. it's like they panic and they're like I don't know I don't know what I was just doing and they have that look of sheer terror on their face and again I think it's goes back to the overthinking the perfection the you know, they lost that one move that they were in the groove, and you know they get a phone call, or they have to go to the bathroom, or the client goes to the bathroom. Something interrupted yes. the
1: course of the
0: the. Um, I'm losing my words. The it's course a, you of lose, the, uh, you lose the
1: momentum. <laughs> the momentum. Ha- we have to stay. We have to stay. We it just happened just now. We have to stay in momentum. Sometimes it takes us a while to like get get the thing revved up, but once it's going. It just keeps going. That's our hyper-focus. A lot of people say that's the entrepreneur's superpower. And I agree. If I'm really into something, if I'm really excited about it, if I'm passionate about it, and it's really in my area of interest... I'll literally forget anything else exists. This was terrible years ago when my kids were young, and I would be so into something I was doing that I wouldn't remember to look at my watch this is well before the smartphone and all the nice reminders Mm. and alarms that we have now. But I don't can't tell you how many late fees I paid at childcare, because I literally would forget oh shit, it's six o'clock. I got to go pick oh up those God, kids. And then I'd get me. the stink eye from the, from the it's daycare totally. staff. I talked like,
0: about you the whole time. <laughs> oh my God. $5, $5
1: <laughs> for every minute you were late per kid. I'm like, I'm going to the poorhouse. <laughs> wait,
0: wait, we have to stay here because I am cracking up. I, my daughter is my older one. So she was first to go to preschool she was you know three years old i was i had my salon i was working busy all the time same th- it was like you just dropped them off and you had just enough time to start a project yes. crap it's time to go pick them up so the road that the daycare was on, or the school was on was known to be a speed trap where you know the police mm, always sat the motorcycle just cops waited, just waited for you, you just yeah. go right so um flying. I mean, it's a 25, <laughs> you know, speed limit and I'm doing like 55 on this yeah, road because I'm like, yep. I'm going to get in trouble again. I'm late every day. So I'm flying. And of course I see him and I'm like, crap. So now I'm trying to act like it's not me yeah. that he's looking for. I, he's, I see him with the lights on and oh, I put yeah, my yeah, turn signal yeah. on. I pull into school like, what? You're looking for me. Oh, 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 yeah. And I'll never, my daughter's 27. I <laughs> telling you this story right now, I can see her face with her little curls. She she's looks like, out of Mom, the window. Why are you always the last one? <laughs> the, the police officer is behind me with the lights on in the pickup yeah. line. He gets out of the car and she looks out the window and just gives me that
1: look that moms yeah. are supposed to give their yes. kids.
0: Like, yes. Bitch, you just did it again. You're late oh again. Oh my gosh.
1: And, and now, now like, you brought the so cops with you. How will I ever live so this never. down with my preschool <laughs> kids? <laughs>
0: But that is so funny that you said that. Like, I would never attribute that to my ADD. It would never even occur to me that that was an ADD thing because I was always so flat out and so dedicated to my Mm -hmm. work that to your point, the kids always felt, you know, they'll, they'll say it now. They'll say, mom your business was your kid before we were. Your business has always been at the forefront of everything that you do. And that that makes me sad, but it also makes me proud of being a woman and being able to start a business at 22 years old and to be able to outpace everybody in my world, all my friends and love what I do and still love what I do at 53 years old and start a brand new business at 51. And hit the ground running and have instant success in a pandemic. Like there's so many positives of that, yes. but I hate that my kids feel like it was like, wait, what, wait, five more minutes, five more minutes, five more minutes that mom, you know?
1: Well, here's the thing. It's like, yes, you were doing something you love and that is critical for being successful with ADHD. You've got to find what you love and you did. Thank God. Um, But when we are doing what we love and we're deep into it and we're just absolutely fascinated. Time, it's being in the zone. People pay good money to find out how to get in the zone or even what will get them there. We know when we're doing our thing, but what goes with this is also something called time blindness. Mm -hmm. Now I prefer, because I like to be positive, I prefer to call it time optimism. I have all the time in the world. No, that's bullshit. You don't. No, I was always late, always am late. Um, I've scheduled my therapy clients back to back because the only thing that would get me to end a session was seeing the light go on and knowing the next person had already arrived. But um, time blindness is very much a common trait for almost everyone with ADHD because we're very much in the moment. And- the rest of our life is just literally out of sight, out of mind, including the kids, the husband, the dinner, like maybe your parents are visiting from out of state and (laughs) you've left them waiting for you at home with nothing to do. Like we just, and it can, it can earn you the reputation of being self-absorbed, oblivious, insensitive, selfish, all kinds of things. Actually it's just that we have a very elastic sense of time that's not very connected to reality. And when we're doing something we love, we can't be in two places at once. Now, fortunately, now you can put a clock in every room You can put an alarm on your on your arm that vibrates and if you know you'll ignore the first one you could put two Um, (laughs) things are much much better but you know without knowing about our adhd for most of our lives which is true for most women because only little boys who couldn't sit still in school were being diagnosed until just a few short years ago most of us grew up thinking there's something wrong with me i'm stupid i can't keep my mouth shut um i don't learn from experience. I never know what I'm doing. I'm always flying by the seat of my pants. I'm always late. There's a lot of negative personal character traits that we attribute to ourselves. And frankly, sometimes other people attribute to us that I think do a lot of damage. And they're not really true. It's that you don't know that you have ADHD. And if you did, you could probably forgive yourself for a lot of that.
0: Well, we always went back and forth on my son because it's so clear that he has it as well. And I'm really surprised that no pediatrician has diagnosed him with that. And we were ready at one point in the lower grades to seek out a therapist that specialized in that. But what we saw were a few of his friends getting medicated and it took away Mm. their spirit. It took away what made them who they were. And I loved my son's energy and zest for life and spirit and how he was so lost in things that he didn't care what time it was mm-hmm. or what day it was. And I was like, I don't want him to walk around like a zombie. You know, my, my niece and nephew both were medicated. And mm. my sister was like, they, they don't have their personality anymore. They, they can focus on the work, but mm-hmm. like, they're not smiling or laughing or having fun. They're just kind of like, numbed out or something. So that's, I think what kept me Mm. from doing that. But he has struggled in school because of it. And especially in college, he's so angry right now. He's a Mm. senior, he's graduating Mm. in like, you know, a month and a half. And he's like, this is such bullshit. This is such a waste of my time. He's at the
1: 90% mark.
0: Yeah. He's just like, Oh my gosh, I can't even believe that we're paying all this money Mm. for this education. I'm like, dude, It's just a formality. You're going to be an entrepreneur. You're going to come up with a business that doesn't even exist. He's so creative and forward thinking. Mm. I'm like, you don't even know what you're going to do because it doesn't exist. And I'm not worried one bit. I am not worried about whether you're going to be gainfully employed because you're going to create your employment, and you're going to make it work around your personality and when you like to work and how you like to work. And that's the beauty of the world right now. We don't have to sit in a cubicle and follow the rules and wear a tie and be buttoned up and nine o'clock and five o'clock and punching in. Thank God. That
1: this is, like I honestly <laughs> I, you are saying this is music to my ears because you understand better than most parents that the rhetoric of the previous generations. You got to go to college. You got to get a degree. You got to find a job with a good, reputable company and benefits. And you need to stay put. And that advice is not only no longer valid, you're going to find yourself shit out of luck if you follow it. Because these days, by the time you can finish a college degree, it takes like five to seven years because you can't even get your freaking classes. The information is outdated as quick as you consume it because most of education is being taught based on stuff that isn't really relevant to today's world. I think if I had it to do over, I would, instead of investing in college for my kids, I would say, I will take the same amount of money. You wanna travel around the world? I'll fund that. You wanna start a business? I'll fund that. You wanna go to college? I'll fund that. I consider them all equal in terms of personal development and figuring out who you are, what you love, and what you can make a living at. I am, I think that I don't think there's ever been a better time to be an entrepreneur. And I think the internet makes things possible that you and I couldn't have even dreamed of. And I've always thought of myself as a person who is just not good with technology. Girl, I am up to my eyelashes and all kinds of technology every day because of what I do for a living now, but it has literally opened up so many possibilities that simply didn't exist before. And our kids, our grand it's just gonna keep getting better. So yeah, it's good to have the college degree. Why? Because it's important for him to have the experience of finishing what he started.
0: Yep. That's exactly especially right. I'm Especially so at the
1: 90% mark, especially at the 90% mark.
0: Well, when my daughter, she's the older one. And when she graduated high school, she didn't know what she wanted to do. And she felt strongly that she would want to be an entrepreneur because she said, being, you know, in having you as my mom and seeing how, you know, when you knew you wanted to go on vacation, you set your schedule mm-hmm. and we could go on vacation mm-hmm. and we traveled and we saw things and we did things. And she said, I, I can't imagine having a job where I have to get approved
1: yes. to take a
0: trip to go climb yes. Machu Picchu. Like she's done a lot of traveling. So she said, I know I have to do entrepreneurship. But I'm not just sure. I'm not sure what that's going to look like. Well, at mm. the time, I always have loved doing hair. I didn't love owning the business. I hated the numbers part of it because of mm. the attention to yep. all that structure and everything. So the, maintenance, I said, the maintenance. its not fun. I said, listen, you're graduating. You don't know what you want to do. I can't strongly advise enough taking a year off. You love to travel. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you want to do. Take a year off. You're the only person on this planet who agrees with what you just said. Like I, I said that to my kids. They thought I was crazy. All their friends' moms thought I was crazy. My husband thought I was crazy. My in-laws. Thought I was like, I would rather pay. I said you can go anywhere in this world Mm -hmm. and travel for an entire year and you will never have to worry about paying for a meal, an Uber, a hotel. You'll find
1: yourself what you will.
0: You will will have such a different life if you just take this one year. And here's the deal. Mm -hmm. If at the end of that year, you still feel like college is important to you. I will still pay for the four years of college. It's not instead of it's in addition to take that year, please take that year. Oh, all my, I'll be behind all my friends. that. Oh, my I, gosh. Yada. You know that
1: that idea of being behind the lane, there's something called the social clock. The social clock refers to this notion and this is all cultural conditioning. You should do this, you should do that. It, it's like if, if you've had thoughts like I should I should know what I want to do by twenty five. I should be married by 30. I should have all my kids by 35. I should, what I should, I should, I should. And we're like, where does this stuff come from? it's, It's conditioned in us through our culture. And we just follow blindly along thinking, well, that many people can't be wrong. And if that's what everyone else is doing, that's what I should be doing. Listen, I'll be the first one to admit, I insisted that all my kids go to college and get a degree. I paid for it as a single parent. And now, because of all the changes that have happened in the world in the last decade, mainly through the internet and social media and all of that, I'm kicking my own ass. Because one of my kids, all my kids have ADHD. Thanks, mom. Um, two different <laughs> marriages. I'm the only common denominator. You're the only common so thing. <laughs> guilty as charged. Um, my daughter didn't get identified till she was in college. And my first son was hyperactive impulsive, and he got picked up by the age of eight. Second son never officially diagnosed. It's very clear to me he has ADHD. He went to college for seven years and dropped out nine credits short of a degree and never never completed. I paid for him to take the same classes more than once, because here was the, here's the perfect ADD scenario. The beginning of the semester, I'm fired up. I'm excited. I really like these classes. I've I've read really good reviews on the, on the teachers, and I just can't wait to get going. By the week before midterms, yeah, I'm not really, I'm feeling kind of depressed, missing a few classes, but I, I have time to catch up. Like, I just need to like double down. And it's like, that happened more than once. This is a classic ADHD scenario I now understand because when something's new, shiny, sparkly, it's unsullied by experience. We can project all our fantasies on it about how wonderful it's going to be. And then when we actually start doing it and it's not like that, it's like, oh, you mean it's just like hard and I'm not feeling it. When we're not feeling it, it is torture to do it Mm. and that's why i think there's so many of us in the beauty field and the fashion field i was interviewed recently by leslie jane seymour who was the editor-in-chief of more magazine before it it closed and she now has a wonderful online community called the covey club and she says oh my god diane you everybody in the fashion world has adhd and i'm like that makes sense everybody so many people in fashion in beauty in entertainment, in sports, in first responders like police, fire, military, emergency room personnel, um, ambulance drivers, because stockbrokers, skydiving instructors, we need to be where the pace is fast, the risks Mm -hmm. are high, and the excitement is ever present. And when you find something you love that has those conditions, you're hooked also high ticket sales
0: yeah my son is funny sales. we we always tease him and we say he's like on a roller coaster you know it's like tick 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 he's a dj mm-hmm. and it's like got a great mm. gig got the girl Had a great weekend. Oh my gosh. And then Monday he calls you and he's like, boom, 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 all Mm -hmm. the way down. Everything's gloom and doom. I'm behind on this. I'm so frustrated with that. And we're like, oh, here we go again. (laughs) So that's why I feel bad that we never had him um, actually diagnosed and helped out with something because I'm like, did I make it that much harder on him to get through things because he's so distracted and it's so hard for him? It's such a handicap. Like where's the line, and how how are you actually diagnosed? Like what is the test? It's yeah, like the let me get this thing. Oh,
1: first of all, let me let me absolve you of your mom guilt. Um, the truth is that even if you had gotten him diagnosed and treated, um, there's no guarantees of any of this. Some some people when they're identified, I prefer the word identified instead of diagnosed because it's less stigmatizing. But when you're identified earlier. We know what's going on. You get on the medication. Some kids are like, oh, sweet. Now my brain works and I can do what I need to do. And they really don't give it that much importance. That's awesome when that happens. But what's also possible with the best parents, some kids will think, there, there's something wrong with me. Mm. I have to take medication so my brain can work properly. And there's no way to know that that's actually going on in your kiddo's head, because you certainly aren't the one teaching them to think that way. So there's really no like guarantee, oh, if only I'd done this, it would be better. And the flip side of that, Elaine, is that it is never too late, or too far down the track to say, okay, I don't want to take medication. I don't need to take medication. What I do need is to know this is who I am. This is how I am. These are my strengths. These are my struggles and what you need to create in your life and in your environment to support you in the areas where you suck because life just is too hard if you don't. Like there are things I'm not allowed to do. My assistant does them. And I'm not allowed to do because I will mess them up, (laughs) right? My goal in business, the first goal I had was I need to make enough money to hire someone to do these things that I'm just horrible at. But in order to do that, I had to first get past the idea that I should be able to do this. So many women have this complex that we should be good at all the things. Like you and I, we had to get over feeling guilty that we sometimes forgot we had kids when we were doing something at work that was fascinating. You're not a bad mother. You are in a state of hyper-focus. As soon as I saw the kids again, I'm like, oh, hey, great to see you guys. I mean, it's not like I <laughs> forgot about them or I didn't want them, but, but you have to manage your mindset around these traits because otherwise you're going to feel guilty and ashamed. Now, if anybody's listening and like, Geez, this sounds strangely familiar. I wonder if it's me. Let me make things clear (laughs) for you. If you are obviously creative or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, but you have a tendency to be disorganized, forgetful, distractible, you tend to make most of your decisions on impulse um, or emotion like you just find yourself doing things and thinking, why am I even doing this? Um, Seemed like a good idea at the time. If you have a tendency to be really excited when something's new, but have a hell of a time seeing it through to the end. If you love, love, love change more than life itself. When I look back and I think of all the times I changed my hair, if anybody knew anything about what they were doing about diagnosing ADHD, they would have picked me right up because (laughs) I couldn't, I can't stand boredom. If you can't tolerate boredom, if you treat it like a life-threatening condition, this Mm -hmm. is strongly suggestive. If you have a tendency to be late, if you misplace things, your keys, your sunglasses, your umbrella, your car. I once spent 45 minutes searching in a parking lot for my car and then reporting it missing to the police. I was looking in the wrong lot. Um, I forgot so I where I parked I it. I thought it was a
0: sign of Alzheimer's and dementia when I can't find my car. No, around. girl, not when you're
1: 30. No, <laughs> no. And it's like, what is the matter with me? Now, what's also true, I'm talking about some of the you nights, know, I should say there's a couple of other traits on the negative side before we get into the positives. Um, Most women with ADHD are either very impulsive or overthinkers, but you can be both. We have a tendency towards perfectionism, procrastination, and people-pleasing, what I like to call the unholy trinity. We have a tendency towards emotional dysregulation, meaning We feel things very strongly, our emotions can come on very rapidly and then they can tank us for a considerable amount of time. Um, We also have a tendency and this will definitely show up in your industry. Something that's being talked about more often recently is rejection sensitive dysphoria. What this means is when we feel that we're being criticized, judged, somebody doesn't like us, and in, in the case of doing here, the client's kind of not looking overjoyed when we're done and we're thinking, oh, God, she hates it. That can tank our mood so hard and so fast that it can literally make someone question whether they want to stay in the profession. Um, we can also get into a real people-pleasing phenomenon where we're always like, apologizing, and over-explaining, and rationalizing, and oh, I hope it's okay. And um, and then again, like I mentioned before, a lot of women think because it, school wasn't interesting to them, and they didn't perform well, they developed this idea early on that they're dumb. And that can be a hard one to shake. Now, that's a lot of the negative, and also the the time blindness or optimism, whichever way you want to spin it. And we tend to be bad with money, like to the point where We don't even open our bills or pay our taxes that can happen now on the other side I believe and it's through my experience with the people I work with that we are some of the most charming funny witty charismatic personable Empathic intuitive Creative and high-energy people on the planet that are so fun to be around and sometimes really annoying.
0: You just you just summed it up in a nutshell. <laughs> this should be all all the ways that I am described for sure. And I love when you were describing it, I thought that that's most likely why I feel so strongly about being able to create your dream clientele in the salon. Because when you're when you find yourself doing a service that you don't love, mm. it's like torture. Painful. It feels like the longest process on planet earth and everybody else around you is enjoying themselves. And you're like, how is she having fun doing that right now? Yeah. Um, so that totally makes sense in relation to our industry. This is so interesting. Who would have thought I needed you so long ago in the beginning of this journey, I wouldn't be constantly apologizing for having these Random, you know, strikes of lightning ideas that I can never squash. They come, they they bubble up constantly, and I'm like, I have to run with this. I can't, I can't ignore this. Um, I call those no the idea. fireflies. Fireflies. Yeah, no they just sort of happen, and you're like, this. I
1: got to capture this. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You, I can tell you are a bold, brilliant, and badass woman with ADHD who has some very special gifts and I'm going to guess that you have created a lot of workarounds in your life to deal with some of these traits that got in your way. It's why I didn't call my podcast the ADHD driven woman. I called it the driven woman because most women who have ADHD don't know it but the ones that I enjoy working with are the ones who recognize that they can do great things as long as they manage these traits and obstacles that get in their way.
0: And to your point though, it's nice to acknowledge what you're not good at and not apologize for it and hire someone who is. It took me 30 plus years to figure that out. I thought I had to be good at everything and I kept trying to be good at everything and just always felt frustrated. But in my fifties now, I'm like, no, I hate math. I hate that. I need to hire someone who that is their joy. That's what brings them joy to do that activity, and I would rather work harder doing what I love doing and have extra money to pay them to do the stuff that I don't want to do.
1: And this so, is the difference <laughs> between this is the difference between being a female entrepreneur with ADHD and a male entrepreneur with ADHD, mm-hmm. which is why I only work with female entrepreneurs with ADHD because men, because of their cultural conditioning, they have no trouble hiring people to do things for them they don't want to do. We think we need to be able to do all the things and then nearly kill ourselves trying before we go, why am I doing this? So if we were men, we, we would have figured it out sooner, but it's okay. You figured it out.
0: So true. Well, I could I could make this podcast four hours long because there's so much more (laughs) that I would love to talk to you about. But we, you and I, are going to talk. I definitely need you in my life to um, really just help guide me in the thing, the passion. There's a million passion projects. Of course, there are. I need to pick my battles because there's only one of me. So I would love to have you help me rein that in and stay in my zone of genius and not get busy with the busy work. I would love to rabbit trails. You can count on it. It. We will make
1: that happen.
0: (laughs) You're awesome. And thank you for, you have such a way of being able to pull it into our industry and make it interesting for hairdressers. Um, It's such an interesting topic. I didn't feel like it even needed to be relevant to hairdressers, but I do something that drew me to you was that I hear it so often in our industry. And I'm so glad that you, made people realize that there's nothing to apologize for that we are born the way that we are. And we have to make the best of our superpowers and the things that are a little bit more difficult and just embrace all of it.
1: I love it. And I I would say if, if, if you're listening and this applies to you, stop right now, trying to fit in. You were born to stand out, rock Mm -hmm. that shit. I love
0: it. I love that so much. How can people find you, Diane? They want more. Information. My first
1: name has a funny spelling. It's D I A N N. My website is Diane Wingert coaching. So D I A N N W I N G E R T. My podcast, uh, is the driven woman and I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, but I'd really like it if you would follow me on Instagram and that's coach Diane Wingert.
0: Awesome. Thank you so, so much. This has been really, I can't wait for my family to listen to this. Awesome. You got you got my back girl. They're going to they're going to feel bad for picking on me all this time. <laughs> thank you and thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.